And I've, I think that's very important. Um, so for instance, um, Pumla Gola writes in her new bo- uh, book that nobody wins against a hero. And I think, you know, Mandela and the ANC um, have, be- have been branded as South African heroes. And so if you argue against, you know, uh, a figure like Mandela, who's not only in South Africa, but globally, and critique some of his actions and some of his decisions, you are, you know, the underdog. You are the one who's talking nonsense. You are the one who's being petty because how can you critique, you know, such a god? And I, I, I think we need to, you know, uh, stay away from that narrative. We need to look at Mandela holistically. We need to celebrate, you know, his achievements and, and his sacrifices. But we also need to critique, you know, parts of where, you know, we think uh, he could have acted differently. Because even Chris Ani, before he died, he critiqued uh, Mandela and he critiqued the, 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 the decisions that the ANC was starting to make. And uh, he died, right? But still, um, you know, Chris Ani is an example of someone who even with within the echelons of power, was able to look at power holistically and able to, to point out the flaws in the decisions that the power is making at, at the expense of the people. And his own legacy is one that's also out there to be critiqued. Definitely, definitely. Everyone's legacy. I remember when we were celebrating Robert's Bukwe Day, um, the set, um, this um this past weekend on the anniversary of his birthday, there were people who were critiquing some of the actions uh, he made, even Sobukwe made, and that's healthy. So it's healthy for a democracy to debate and debate holistically. It's healthy for a democracy to ask tough questions, to ask questions like, did Mandela sell out? Did they? Allowed. Because when we look at, you know, the, the points of contention, when we look at the flaws in the decisions, we are able to learn from those flaws and we are able to move on. Um, young people today are saying that they want to contribute to the development of, you know, South Africa. They want to contribute uh, and change the narrative uh, um, and decolonialize the so if young South Africans want to do that and are on that mission, they need to understand the mistakes that were made before them. They need to look at those flaws so that they don't, miss, they don't, they don't repeat them and so that they, they, they make you know, better decisions for the country. So if it is healthy, JJ, why then the yeah. outrage? Why, the, why are we then so outraged at someone asking a difficult question about someone's no, legacy? I think the, the, the issue really is that we, if we are serious about building a country, and, and, and if you look at somebody like Julius Malema and the EFF, they, they always claim they're going to be a, you know, the next government and so on. When you, are, when you have to govern, you can't govern through slogans and, and just shouting and, and, and so on. We have had to learn that once we got out of the trenches into a government where we need to then take into account the realities of the economy, the realities of the global economy and so on, that we are not an island somewhere where we can just wake up and shout socialism and it will happen. I think the reality is that uh, uh, when, you, when you characterize somebody's mistakes as sell-out, you need to understand what sell-out means because some people maybe just woke up and they, 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 they came across uh, some vocabulary about what sell-out means, a deliberate action to actually uh, uh, you know, uh, go against the wishes of your people for personal gain. That's, what, that's why there's a selling in, a sell out. 
so you are being paid to do something opposite. Now, that's different from saying you add in analysis of what was required by the moment or you made mistakes. And, and when you, you make that, and that's why I gave the, the, the example of the diagnostic report. They call it diagnostic for a particular purpose. You actually have to identify where the problems are and then come up with solutions of how do we build going forward. So the outrage, I think it was, uh, uh, you know, some impression that Mandela came out of jail, you know, after 27 years of being there, and then suddenly had this, you know, a desire just to see things uh, smoothed out or peppering over the cracks without applying himself. And that's, that, that, that's, that's further from the truth. First of so, all, there was a collective, not just of the ANC, but of the entire leadership of the country from all political spectrum that said, how do we take this country forward? You couldn't take it forward by saying, oh, let there be an insurrection. They, you know, what, what white people want, it doesn't matter. What black people want is, is the only thing that matters. You couldn't do that. You understand? That's why... I have a problem with that. Well, hindsight is always cleverer, you know. We're 20 years on, and you are cleverer than everybody else about what should have been done in 94. The reality is compromises had to be made. It was not a war, an insurrection where the winner takes all. Smamkel? I have um, a problem with that. So he says that um, there was consultation, um, but there wasn't. There was much, It's been so many people have written about the moment where the negotiation was. Was, was the negotiations were going on and how much it lacked consultation. The the the, the Ani, um, uh, interview that I mentioned at the beginning of this interview speaks to that. Hani said in that interview that um, there was a there was um, the, the 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 entire negotiations lacked comprehensive consultation and comprehensive consultation not just at the top level of people within even the ANC and other liberation movements. Um, but it also lacked uh, consultation on the people in terms of the ground at the time of the negotiations. People, for instance, um, I remember in, 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 in politics and honors year, we, we studied the entire period of the negotiations, the language that was used, how the, 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 the ANC and other liberation movements spoke and addressed the people and at what moments. So for instance, when it came to discussing economic policy, even within the ranks of the ANC, um, they would use hard economic jargon that ordinary ANC members wouldn't understand. So that's the language, for instance, in discussing the economy of hard economic jargon, jargon obviously excludes people who don't understand um, um, microeconomics, macroeconomics. It, it excludes basic people. People. So even the language that was used was used to exclude people to say, "I when you don't understand um, these yeah. things, you don't understand." Can I, can I, so can for I me, Steve, I'm bit. not done, Baba. I'm not done. Wait for me to finish. So for me, uh, when he speaks about this, 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 there was consultation. For me, I would have wanted there to be more consultation because the decisions that were made were not supposed to be made by a few people in leadership, right? The decision, even the mistakes, you know, were supposed to be made by the people. The ANC Morogoro Conference documents, right, said that the ANC's um, policy was for liberation, was people's based, right? It was about people's power and the need to mobilize people's power and people's voices. But that didn't happen yeah. during the negotiations. A lot of voices were left out the table, including women who mm -hmm. were protesting outside yeah. uh, the Codessa conference. 
Could we put yeah, that I to, uh, before I come to you, JJ, isn't it also a function of leadership, uh, though, Simamkele, uh, where it is not always possible to go and consult everyone um, in the chain and where, as a leader, you have to show the way? Obviously, it's not impossible to, to it's, it's impossible to consult every single person in South Africa. But obviously, there are movements, there are structures where people are already mobilized. For instance, uh, when the National Development Plan was, was, was um, that ooh, ooh, JJ speaks so fondly about that I have a problem with, um, the National Development Plan's public engagement strategy was to say that, no, all South African, most South Africans will be engaged, will engage different groups, et cetera, et cetera. But even in the, the consultation process on the National Plan, it was skewed towards a few people who, 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 who already know people in the ministry, a few movements and, 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 and formations that are already known within the movement. So for me, is that we had to use like on-the-ground social movements, right? Uh, if we're speaking about people's power, people in South Africa were already mobilizing with and outside of the ANC. They were mobilizing for basic services. They were mobilizing for other, for other um, necessities. So for me, it would have been great to, to consult some of the, those movements who, had, who already had uh, people on, under their base, right? So go to the rural areas more often and not just come and speak to us from press conferences, from stadiums, when you already have uh, an answer for us, when you're speaking to us, coming to tell us what's going to be done. Speak to us, engage with us. Let's come together to, to, to decide, you know, the, the, the agenda of the nation. JJ? Look, I mean, there is political pie in the sky about, uh, you know, whether you can go around, you know, subjecting economic policy to big rallies and so on. That, that doesn't happen anywhere in the world. You've got to really look at all movements across the ages. There will always be a small group of people who have to interpret what the masses want and then subject those processes to elections and so on. There would have been a rebellion in 1994 if people thought that, you know, the, the deal on the table was so terrible as to reverse the gains of freedom. The reality was different. Millions of people went out to endorse, you know, the, the, the broad approach. Nobody said they read every single sentence of economic policy and trajectory of the RDP and so on. Interestingly, the current NDP consultation could have even been even poorer than the, the, the RDP when we first came into government. And why do I say that? You would remember that the NDP, which is, I think, one of the most constructive uh, pieces of work on the, on, the, on the table now, which is what was, what was more, or, or that garnered more consensus uh, since the Constitution, right? It was actually adopted by all political parties before it could even be debated at an ANC uh, conference. In fact, at the ANC conference, there was very minimal discussion about it in 2012 in Mangaung. Anybody who can tell me there was even a comma shifted from that document would, 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 would not be telling the truth. Right? So all I'm saying is that it was to dismiss and say there was no consultation is obviously false. Yes, there could have been more consultation, but you know there will always be a need for more consultation. You know, during the, those negotiations, there was something called sufficient consensus. Even people around the same table sometimes did not agree enough and had to leave some of them behind. Azapu, for example, which was shouting the loudest about land and other things, decided to boycott the whole process. Uh, nobody listened to them, and we still proceeded. Whether they were, they were right or wrong is neither here nor there. The reality is in a democracy, you are always going to find contested views. You are not always going to get to every citizen to have their voice. 
But you always improve this thing. And, and it's always important not to generalize and say, oh, the whole thing was just a pact of the elite and people were not involved. There were huge NGO movements on the ground, CPO, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying and that. so on, don't, who were involved, who were Hold on, this is Mom Keller. Finish, JJ. No, Sorry, if, I may just, if, if I may just round off that point. Mm-hmm. The issue is you cannot dismiss the 94 deal as a sellout because that would be trying to, to be clever in hindsight. It was inadequate in, 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 in completing the picture of freedom, which must be about lifting people out of poverty, lifting people out of inequality, right? Uh, nobody has said that once you vote, then everything will be okay. There was, there was every recognition of the fact that you needed to reconstruct and build the country based on some basic principles, hence the, the principles that were adopted by everybody in 1994. Now, in going forward, you've got to be able to say, what are the flaws of that settlement? Without casting aspersions on people who gathered around the table and trying to be clever in, hands, in, in hindsight, we've got to be able to say, these were the flaws, this is how we must build going forward.